hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for corn and other shenanigans that are probably going to happen in this episode, my dear friends, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's happened, fellas? Hey, <laughs> we, just, we just have a continuation, you know? This week know. on These Are the Voyages, corn. And more corn. No, I got the answer. I, I know everyone tuned in because we needed the answer. And I said, check back next week. And we have and a special guest to give us the answer. That's right. That's right. Beaming in for this special report on corn and that riveting discussion that we had in our last episode. We have Eric's own Mzadi here to talk to us about it. So I hope she's actually there to, to actually talk to us about it. Otherwise, this is going to be really embarrassing and a lot of work in post. She's right there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Explain to us elote. Elote is corn. Most authentic elote is white corn. And you add butter, mayonnaise, some type of powdered cheese, so it's usually Parmesan or cotija cheese. And then you'll add, some people add tahine, but we really don't use tahine. You're supposed to use chili powder and lime, and that's it. Now, it's a big business, so people will add like hot Cheetos, nacho cheese, like they'll just judge it up. But most of the time, it's just your classic elote. That's it. Amazing. Does, does, I, look, does the all Lieutenant I'm saying is, is that I gave a very mild description of that. <laughs> now, she obviously did the real way. <laughs> I might have just gotten it in a food truck once. Who knows? I mean, most of the time you get a lote at a food truck, right? I mean, you go to a fruteria, fruit stand. I don't think I've ever gotten a lote from a food truck. Now, some places do have them, but I don't think I've ever had a lot from a food truck. That's fascinating. Yeah. Usually a fruit stand. Funny story. We went to a fruit stand one time, and uh, she we parked the car because we had to pull up, and she told me to get out and go order. And I, I got the fruit cup, mango, but I was supposed to get it judged up, but apparently I forgot. So I went back. I came back to the car, and she's like, where's all the stuff? <laughs> so I had to get sent back and I didn't understand what she told me to get so I was like chili sala limon I don't know <laughs> like the person at the fruit stand looked at me like huh I was like and I did like the pouring motion over it it's like oh I gotta know what you mean <laughs> if, if words do not work, best use tourist sign language. <laughs> like, pour the stuff over it. And we had a good laugh. She's like, that person in there working, my, my wife was like, that person that works was like, his Bexian wife sent him back. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> Go. Don't. Don't get. Don't get. Oh, man. Can, can someone de can you define zhuzh it up? Yeah, you put some zhuzh on it. Yeah, you just when you gotta, you know, do the little emerald, bam, you zhuzh it up. <laughs> All right, Rachel Ray, let's calm down now. <laughs> what was I just? Oh, we were 
what was it? We were watching Sister Wives, and they were making. Oh my! They were making. They were like. Yeah, they were, but like they, one of the kids is getting married to uh, to a Hispanic person, and they wanted to have street tacos as their wedding dinner, and like it's like we gotta order four thousand street tacos. <laughs> They're small. Street tacos wow. are small, right? If you have an authentic street taco, it's small. Yeah. But like, I think it was the it was the caterer was like, yeah, we'll just judge them up for you. Mm. Mm. That's what we were watching. So I knew I'd heard the word judge on TV recently. You guys, I mean, you guys have been, been to the house. Um, I don't know if you've noticed it, like when y'all were here in January, but there's a, there's a shop um, at the, the corner of like the main street that you would come down to get, like that you would drive down to get to my house. It's called um, Main Street Tacos. I don't know if y'all saw that while y'all were in town or not. Did you see a place called Main Street Tacos? In when we're going to chases. No, there's so many Mexican places I really, really did notice. Okay. No, no, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So, um, when they did their soft opening, um, they they were doing like you know free whatever and stuff, and I was like really excited about this place. Like, I've been like wanting it like ever since I saw like this is gonna be a new taco joint. Like, I I can't wait. And like I didn't know that it was street tacos and stuff and but it's like this whole building just they they specialize in street tacos so anyway my my wife goes and gets it for us um it took forever because it was again soft opening but we we get it back and um like i try it and like what i taste i'm like this is really good like it was really good and like the sauces were good like everything was just like fresh and stuff <coughs> Ooh, guys 2 a.m did not like main street tacos <laughs> that's, that's where i thought the story was going oh. <laughs> nope 2 a.m did not like main street tacos and um you know you know that you've you've had like a bad like food experience like whenever you pass the sign like you get kind of queasy every time so you can't like you like permanently like scarred from eating it that's me with that particular establishment now that being the case or that being said everyone i know loves the place i'm glad they love the place i just can't eat it i've never had a single good experience with street tacos oh man they're so they're like they're pretty fantastic i mean we we went to a street that's where we went for for my birthday when we out to eat uh went to street top west avenue tacos little street tacos and man if the guy like the guy can't have any fingerprints anymore the way he he makes those and she makes me order in spanish she makes me order in spanish too Mm. (laughs) and then i'm like what word are you saying i don't know i can't hear you what word do you want me to tell him (laughs) and and he heard what she said and so he's laughing when I'm trying to figure out what to say to him, the guy making the food. Like, <laughs> but then I said it, and he was like, "Oh, it'd be pretty good." Man, so um, oh, good. Good street tacos are, are fantastic. Speaking of food, and speaking of your wife, um, while we were in New Orleans, um, we got like on our last day there, we we picked up stuff for the kids, like little you know toys or whatever for them and my we got my son like this little like um it's not a beanie baby but it's like a beanie baby-esque 
like little um, alligator toy, like stuffed animal toy, whatever. And we have this um, this knack around here to whenever we get like toys, like we usually give them like some kind of like nerdy, geeky name, for instance. So like a couple years back, like we picked up like this Porg, like at a Walgreens and uh, we named it Pippin, like Pippin the Porg, like Pippin from like Lord of the Rings, for instance. Well, Eric, I hope you're proud of this because the alligator, it says New Orleans on it, by the way. And um, we had to give it some kind of like geek-esque name. So we named the alligator Cisco. Nice. Nice. Yep. And my son is obsessed with that Cisco alligator. Like, sleeps with it, like, carries it around and stuff. Like, just absolutely loves Cisco. I'm like, yes, you will like the real Cisco too. Here we go. I don't know. Um, anyone else? Anyone else? I mean, I had I had internet issues, you know, since the the last time y'all heard these episodes. Basically, we went. We had no internet from Friday, March thirty first, until uh, what was that? Monday, April third. Good lord. It was like two thirty in the afternoon before our internet was restored. And it was horrible. I had to go somewhere else to work for a part of the day on Monday. And my wife had to drive into the office. Like, they have this policy, you know, with her being, you know, remote work. Like, you know, as long as you have internet connection, you're good. But if not, go into the office. Yeah. So, great. Anyone else have stable internet? Because I would, I'm jealous that you have stable internet. Hey, mine's pretty fine. Yeah, mine's good. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, you know, I mean, Chainsaw, bro, I got fiber over here. Nothing could possibly go wrong with fiber until you cut it. <laughs> until you cut the line, yeah. <laughs> Friggin' A. Come on, guys. Like, we don't we don't cut fiber lines. Who does that? Like, for real. No, you know what we have a problem with here? Snow. The Postal Service. Hmm. You, you know, everywhere I've lived until now, the Postal Service has been great. Like... No problems, or very rarely any problems. Soon as I, you know, we 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 move here and all this good stuff, and we won't be here too long either. Thankfully, thankfully. Coming to Texas, right? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know about that, but you never know. Uh, but ever <laughs> since we've been here, like I had a package that they returned to sender, not me. They said they attempted to deliver it, and then just returned it without even trying to re-deliver it. They said it was undeliverable, which is BS. And I ordered a watch this past week and like literally got home maybe 30 minutes after they had attempted to deliver it, left a little slip on the door. Normally that means I'll try and re-deliver it the next day. They didn't. I had to go down and pick the darn thing up. They weren't going to re-deliver that at all. <laughs> we, we've just had nothing but issues. That That's our issue. And yes, no, obviously. I mean, David, David, I had one time I, I was getting a package delivered and uh, they put the little door tag. Hey, we tried to deliver it. We'll try again. But on the bottom of that door tag, you could sign it. Right. And say, leave the package the next day. I'm right. You know, this is. But so when I came back the next day, you know, I put that tag on my door, signed it and said, you can leave the package right next to that door tag 
was another door tag <laughs> that said we tried to deliver but couldn't. I was like, what? <laughs> and no package. Like, seriously. Yeah, it's like, I have a P.O. box. I have a P.O. box, too. It's like, I should just know better. Like, things that I actually want in a timely manner, I should just send to that darn thing instead of trying to get it at home. <laughs> Oh, first world problems. Yeah. First world problems. It's fine. Yeah, all those grown up first world problems. Can't get our packages. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of first world problems, shall we talk Trek? Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, we're going into spoilerific territory as we Red talk alarm. about the latest episode of season three of star trek picard it's uh episode eight surrender like i just keep thinking of like that song mom is all right i was thinking that same thing it just seemed a little weird you know there's a cheap trick song called surrender yeah yeah it was it was kind of an interesting choice for an episode name right yeah right well yeah it was it's one of those rare episodes where they say the name of the episode in the episode. It's not that rare if you're Discovery. <laughs> okay. Or a James Bond movie. <laughs> Diamonds are forever. <laughs> the world is not enough. Oh, boy. All right. I'll tell you another Hold thing. Hold <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Always count on Eric for that. <laughs> Thought we were just saying James Bond movies here. Oh. From yeah, Russia with love, movie. yeah. <laughs> oh, Living man. daylights. We done. <laughs> the other thing about this <laughs> episode is, kill. it is the episode that doesn't end. Like I'll just say that in the beginning. I expect this episode to like end several times and then it just didn't end so and then like as the soon as it you. did end you're like you ended on that like of all the things you could have ended on you could have ended like before you even did all this junk like just just end it <laughs> it was it was it, it's not like bad it's just noticeable for, it did for have me. a couple of false ending because it even <laughs> had like a musical key in there yeah. the, it was like uh, oh no there's more scenes okay <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Well, where we left off last time with, um, you know, with our crew um, is that we're kind of sort of stuck. Um, you know, like Vatic has taken over the ship and um, we're kind of just isolated. We're locked out of um, the computer. Uh, Vatic can like do all sorts of gnarly stuff if she wants to. So we're... We're just trying to figure out what do we do next. Um, considering she can just, you know, open up airlocks if she wants to, basically. And Jack is considering turning himself in. He is. He truly is. And uh, we we did have some issues with um, with the before data lore character last week, primarily lore. Um, go, going a little chaotic with stuff and um, yeah 
what is it? Uh, was it Jordy? Um, says something to the effect of like, let's start by, um, um, like taking their eyes or something. No, no, that's that's bad. Sorry, Laura can't control what he can't access, basically, and like unplugging and you know doing stuff like to take him away from like the main computer. And again, we're still being locked out of the bridge and you know cutting off all their senses you know like the eyes the ears like all this stuff trying to disorient them and Picard is just getting increasingly more frustrated with what's taking place um, along the way and again needing to find a way to regain control of the ship Uh, which is of course where Jack comes in and Jack is kind of having like somewhat of a freak out moment he's warging you know (laughs) Yep. I'll tell you what. This was a much more brutal episode. True story. Than, True than story. some of the others. You know, y- you obviously know that like sort of death is is part of it's part of life. And it's a it's been a part of Star Trek. People people pass, you know, you people are, you know, sacrifice themselves, our sacrifice die in random events. I mean, it happens all the time, but like this this is like very vindictive very vindictive uh controlling death you know it's it's gun to the back of the head kind of stuff and and even you know in like towards the beginning where we're hearing the the screams of people in the ship as they're basically being hunted down so pretty pretty brutal So, so Vatic starts a countdown. Jack Crusher, you've got ten minutes to turn yourself into the bridge, or I'm going yep. to, I'm going to start killing people. Yeah, let the shooting begin. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, Jack is like thinking of ways that he can use his mind powers. You know, where he can. What, like astral project himself into others. I like I like the warging, right? That's that's a good word. <laughs> that's what he did. Um, was well, eyes glow? Yeah, I mean, just in Game of Thrones, they roll their eyes back in the back of their head. Here, he's his eyes glow. You know. Was anyone thinking like in the like you know early on here where um, Jack wargs? Um, that like something bad should have happened to him, like really bad happened to him, like what, like him being in this other officer's body that was like shot. Well, like he's hurt by proxy type of deal. Mm-hmm. I kind of wondered about that actually. Well, was he? He wasn't ever in the body of the person that got shot. Well, he kind of took on the perspective of it, right? And he was like, he did have a visceral response to what had taken place. I mean, that's at least how I interpreted it. I think, because he, the person, okay, so he, he wargs into the person at the end, and the person that gets shot is the, is the communications officer, the science office, the science officer in the middle. Well, he, he does have that one moment where he takes over one of the, uh, like, just regular officers in the hallway 
it, the very first one um as, and we get to see the visuals of like that one the one person being spiked onto a wall and stuff like that and then yeah. that person and, shot and, yeah and that's the part where jack is like um like the the dude that he's like taking on the perspective of like in the beginning right like get shot or something and he like kind of like stumbles back okay. into like the wall, like where Picard and and Crusher okay, are. so an earlier scene, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm I'm wondering about. Like, yeah, we we, we know what's going to happen later on, like on the bridge, like with the one character. Um, but like, isn't it like Game of Thrones rules? Like, if something happens like to the body or whatever, like you're kind of stuck in the um, critter that you take on. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's how like, it works. Because because te- technically, Bran took over H- uh, Hodor, and he was just being Stabby McStabberson, and I don't think he had any adverse effects from that. So I could I be could, wrong. I could swear I remember something from either it was either the books or it was the show. I don't could, know if it was a showism be. or if it was a book, but like if you like went to a raven, for instance, you were stuck as a raven. Like you couldn't go back if something happened to your body or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, but that something would have happened to happen to Jack's body to get him. Yeah. yeah. Something. Something. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so <clears throat> Vatic is still hell bent on um, on this. Do we want to just like go in chronological order, or do we want to like stick with certain story beats? <clears throat> okay. So. Um. Ah, what the heck. So, we get some resolution. I was talking about this in the last episode. We get a little bit of resolution with Riker and Troy. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Riker. Um, they're, in, they're, they're apparently sharing a cell, which I think, like, if we go to, like, to Bad Guy School 101, you don't do that. I'm just saying, like, I don't think you should do that. But I'm okay with it too. Well, well, I mean, I I know I said a couple weeks ago when when Deanna Troy first showed up, it's like this can't be the real Deanna Troy, right? Because you couldn't have gotten to her in time. This whole th- this whole show takes place over the course of like a week or something, and you can't travel that fast. And and you know, part of me was like, oh, they put him in the cell because they're trying to deceive Will Riker here, trying to get him to reveal something. And I feel like Riker was had that same idea in his mind that maybe this really isn't my wife. I've got to try to like test her a little bit, you know, and see if she knows all the details here, but everything checks out. You know, I was thinking about this, like how do we get from Nepenthe to here like that? Guys, hear me out. Hear me out on this. See what we do is we have a bunch of ships like strategically placed throughout space and we just like hopscotch them with transporters mm. oh yeah is that like the stargate gate bridge like yeah. that they make yeah. between the pegasus yeah. galaxy and our galaxy yeah why don't we just yeah. get a spatial trajector mm. why don't we just get like a pool of standing water and do that wow no too soon okay fine <laughs> <laughs> Should have taught you other words, guys. Should have taught you other words like 
Intaru, baby of immense size. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, and Chase, I'm sure you'll have some things to say based upon what Boy, Deanna, what Deanna Troy said here, but I, I have some mixed feelings about this this scene because I almost think it kind of contradicts what we saw of of Will and Deanna in season one. Like it seemed like to me they had moved past I don't know not moved past their grief but they had learned to accept it and live with it I, I don't know if these are the right words or not but it didn't seem like they were having issues still over I mean obviously they still feel it but it felt like their life was fine not I don't know if I'm saying this correctly but I think maybe you get what I'm trying to say like their life was fine Yes, they had been through a tragedy of losing their son, and that pain would always be there. But they still had a good life together. And this well, scene makes it seem like they were they were having a lot of struggles. Still. Well, it it, it kind of it, at least because because I, I get I get what you're saying there, and that's when they started talking about Deanna almost using her abilities to sort of, in quotations, manipulate Riker's healing process and i kind of wonder if that might have been like the talk off point for that a little bit like maybe he did think he was doing well until he sort of figured that out perhaps i don't know but it seemed like like their issues their issues that they were having happened after the point we saw them where it seemed like they were doing okay and so maybe they had a maybe they had a relapse which which can happen right in your in your struggles with grief but i don't know it just seemed like seemed like they were okay when we saw them together on nepenthe yeah i mean grief is um it's a fickle bastard it it rears its head when it feels like it it is a respecter of no persons um at all and um yeah like as i think back to nepenthe like the episode nepenthe um and and what we're we're hearing in this particular episode about like you know the the hiding the holding of of the grief uh i can kind of see like that you know, looking back on it, I can kind of see that. But at the same time, with grief being what it is, it comes and goes when it wants. So, you know, for that day that we saw for that episode in season one, yeah, they seemed pretty well adjusted and that they were coping well with their grief. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it was like that the day after Picard left. Yeah. You know, um, like when when friends come to town, like you want to put on like the best face you can, like even the ones that like you're stupid close with, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it, it does make sense. I don't think there's like, I don't think it necessarily diminishes it. I think it's it's pretty real, even though I think there is. I think there is the space for for Riker to have been um, more open with him about it. Um, but the same thing too is like again, grief is different for everyone in terms of what they do and don't 
feel comfortable sharing at any given time. Like my mom's been gone for, you know, a little over two years and I can talk to some people about it, but I can't talk to all people about it. Like, especially not with details. And I'm sure like we've had like with us, like here in the room and even like our, our listeners, like they've experienced some grief too. And the degree to which they're open and willing to talk about things is going to vary. I mean, that's obvious. So um, I, I feel like I'm rambling at this point. Sorry, guys. But uh, I appreciated it. I, I thought it was handled well, but it did. Parts of it seemed slightly out of character for uh, for the Rikers. But that's just me. I, yeah. Yeah. I know it's like our will will here is like our son died and I wanted to feel that. And and he's like accusing her of trying to take away his pain because that was the only thing he had left. Right. And he just wanted to feel something. And it's like I wasn't trying to take it away. I was trying to help you with it. I mean, I understand where she's coming from, where Deanna Troy is coming from in that moment because, you know, she's an empath and she feels, she literally can feel his pain. Literally. Things, yeah. 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 And then she says a really powerful line here. She says, I forgot the one thing that all counselors should, should remember is that you can't skip to the end of grief or of healing. You can't skip to the end of healing. Like people just have to heal in their own way. And mm-hmm. that maybe that's a short period of time for somebody. Maybe that's a longer period of time for somebody. But it's just going to depend. Yeah, me, we, um, when I was in Indiana, uh, it was me and my colleagues. We were speaking at a, a symposium with folks. And uh, part of our presentation was like this idea of lament and grief. And uh, my, my colleague um, talked about this, partic- this part in particular with like grief. Like, we want grief just to be this straight arrow. We just go from point A to point B. But in reality, grief, and by extension, trauma and all these other things, it's like one of these like big old squiggly like messes of a yarn ball. You know, like it's, it's going all over the place. And like that's the thing that I think we need to normalize about grief and just hard emotions in general is like they, they got to like work themselves out in their own way in their own time. And then they lament on how much they don't want to be on Nepenthe. The only yeah. thing worse than a woodpecker is a two-headed woodpecker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. I like that. That's, yeah. that's classic Will Riker right there, it feels like. Oh, man. We just gotta be willing to do it. We gotta be willing to go to that next stage, that next chapter. Yeah. And then oh. the door opens. We're gonna face death together. Don't you touch my wife? And there's like the music. Did you notice the music? Like flared up into. I didn't. Did you notice this? The music right here when Worf shows up and kills this changeling. It felt really like hero entry music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it felt out of place I, I don't know to me you know what feels out of place to me stabbing changelings I, the same <laughs> thing this whole episode you can't stab a changeling like I know these are but like are these hooded guys are they changelings too 
Because we haven't seen a, I don't think we've seen a single one of them actually change forms. Unless they're Zindi in in like hoods or something. But yeah, other click click. You can't stab a changeling, right? There's nothing. I mean, I know they have they when they mimic and they do their changing. Now they have lungs and stuff. But you can't stab a changeling and kill it, right? It can just like do its little changeling thing and morph out of it. Oh, but Eric, well, what, but, but Eric, what you're forgetting is we had a whole montage of Worf showing Rafi how to how to play with knives. Okay, so we got to have a payoff for all that. So stab Kevin a changeling, and then phaser it afterwards. It's fine. Maybe share your feelings with Dan in front of her husband. It's I thought fine. Worf was a pacifist now. Well, he I mean, just go around indiscriminately murdering people. Well, well, I mean, he, he did at least abstain from sending the heads of his enemies to his yeah. friends. Yeah. That's true. Over the years, I beheaded many. <laughs> but that is, I've been told, that is passive-aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Walking contradiction. Wharf, son, Moge. No, but this this is like, when then he starts, like, are you going like, to profess your love for Deanna? Are we going back to this awkward storyline from season seven? Yeah. <laughs> Some things that should never be. Is this a continuation of torture? <laughs> <laughs> no, that storyline, the Wharf and Deanna, like, romance was so weird and bizarre and it, it came out of weird. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it was odd. We're yeah. not going back to this, are we? So we I mean, Worf um, got married after that and grieved for... I know he's been grieving for a while because Jadzia died chronologically like 25 years ago. Still too soon. Right? I mean, something like that in-universe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Close to 30 years ago, maybe. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Okay. Still too soon. All right. I'm sorry. Um, it's fine. So we get out, and um, we're going to get a few things. We're going to try and hail the Titan and do some stuff. Uh, back aboard um, our good old Titan, um, you know, Picard, and, and again, this conversation of, um, I just got to give myself up. Like, it'll be fine. Like, I'll just give myself up and it'll be fine. And Picard's like, no, it won't be fine. Once you do that, she's going to destroy the ship because she's going to have exactly what she wants. Think about it, bud. Think about it. If only we had a way to to cut her off. If only we had a way to get back to the computer and we had something that could do what 90 trillion computations per second if only if only we had a way guys i has idea let's get the data look-alike thing to to do something for us you know in here when when they did bust in on jordy and jordy's like what did you give me six years ago he's like a bottle of Chateau Picard that you said was too dry, but your wine, your uh, whatever, your taste in wine is pedestrian at best. Too pedestrian. I am wondering seriously, sidebar, I am wondering seriously if Chateau Picard is actually that good. I started thinking about uh, the episode of TNG where 
he was he was doing that painting and he asked data to critique it and he's like so proud of his little painting and like data starts like politely ripping it apart so i'm wondering if picard is actually good at wine you know like he thought he was good at painting or or maybe everybody's crazy but that's like the second or third time where somebody was like uh, oh wharf wharf it also the the sour the, mead the, i think the, yeah the sour mead <laughs> <laughs> i think picard's the only one who likes his own wine <laughs> <laughs> did you know by the way that um you know there is a chateau picard wine by the way there, that you can purchase you can purchase it i want to purchase you it you can't now. purchase it but for those of us that live in Colorado, Michigan, Missouri, and Texas, they do not ship. They don't ship it there. I didn't hear Ohio. Woo! Three state, three states that I have lived in my life are all on that list. Mm-hmm. Look, I will reserve both of you a bottle of Chateau Picard if you know you come up to the wedding. So, okay. What kind is it though? Is it like Cabernet? Is it's it... a red. I've seen it. I don't know what kind. Okay, they don't ship internationally. So, sorry, Europe. Sorry, France. You can't have any. <clears throat> okay. So we're gonna bebop on down to where uh, what well, we have bebop down to Jordy, by the way, and. Um, Um, we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do to to get our boy data. Hey, can we just you know, just do a thing and just like get data like ready to rock and roll? Cause that'd be great. Like once there is no, we gotta just like lift a little partition, and once we do that, there is no going back. There is no safety net. Whatever happens, is what happens. Okay, but oh it's boy. gonna take some time, so we need a diversion, and so I can, I can give, give you, you that. time and Jack. Pulls his best Princess Leia dressed as a bounty hunter. <laughs> Were you thinking of that oh when you saw this? Oh he walks gosh. up there. No, he's got a thermal detonator. <laughs> I can't be the only person that thought of that. No, what what I thought about was the scene in Solo where young Han Solo goes into the den with Worm Lady and brings that rock and he does like a clicking noise. It's like, this is a thermal detonator. You just made a clicking sound with your mouth. No, I didn't. <laughs> like, do you think that'll kill me? No, but it'll kill me. <laughs> oh. So, um, along the way, though, like, before Jack gets up there, um, just to backtrack for a hot second, like, Jack did try using his mind powers to do, like, the Wrath of con thing basically to like retake the ship like with a command code yeah and Vatic catches him just in the nick of time and Vatic like starts to go after like these two random like targeting these random folks and ends up like completely obliterating our Vulcan science officer Tavine mm-hmm. rest in peace is what so yeah, I feel like Jack's I knew got Tavine his little more than I knew the Discovery Bridge crew, though. <laughs> See, I'm That's telling you, story, this though. could have been a series. It could have been its own lower deck series. It would have been fantastic. All right, 
We have Tavine, who is our Vulcan science officer. We have um, it was either Ensign or Lieutenant Esmar, who is our communications officer. Look, I and already know the, these, the tactical these... guy. His first name, who got warged into, his first name was Matthew. I forget his last. We name. We know more about these characters than we do the entire whole of our bridge crew from Disco. But do any of them windsurf or whatever the heck that guy was talking about that one time? God, <laughs> oh my God. Well, Matthew's got a, got a boy. He's got a son. Did, did any of them grow up in a Mennonite community like Owo? Whoa. Or a Luddite, not a Mennonite. Luddites. Sorry. Mennonite. Luddite. I corrected myself. But still, that's just a funny image. <laughs> Owo was a Mennonite. <laughs> it's just kind of funny to think about. Okay. <laughs> We're going off the rails. David's like, why am I even here? Why am I here? I don't want to be here. Okay. So now we got data and lore in their, uh, in their, I don't know. I don't want to call it mind palace, but in their little simulation. Uh, What's the thing called in the matrix? The staging um, area between the matrix. Yeah. The staging area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're there. We're about to, about to do some things and we have like we have data we have lore I was kind of you know like we have like data lore and B4 that are all supposed to be there like were you kind of were you slightly disappointed that there wasn't at least a third person there that there wasn't B4 there they, they kind of just B4 was just an afterthought I mean we had one scene where like you know Brent Spiner kind of transitioned to B4 very quickly but then not very I feel important. Like lore, lore probably took B four over. Yeah, if they can explain it away. So. Like he took him over, like because his mind was so weak. Yeah. Yeah. So we get these. I, I I look. I loved this whole interaction with Data and Lore. I loved the mess out of it. And I realize there are people listening that probably have feelings one way or the other about data and like the stuff that's happened to him including people that are here and that right now that I'm talking with that's okay I personally thought this whole interaction was just beautiful uh, where we get like the Sherlock Holmes props right like we get the hat we get the pipe we have um, the deck of cards which was very symbolic even if it wasn't the exact same deck of cards that they used on the we Enterprise. We get the Tasha Yar, a little hologram. We do. Yeah. That was great. Which I was thinking, just real quick, um, there was um, a question to uh, Denise Crosby, like if she was going to be in this season of, of Picard, and she said yes. That's what she meant. Uh, I'm wondering if that's what she meant. Yeah. Hmm. Um, anyway, it's fine. Um, and then finally we get Spot at the very yeah. end. Yeah, Spot um, made me... That was nice. I like that. Why? Well, I, yeah. I just I love the mess out of the the end the end game sort of that Dade was even sort of playing here, understanding exactly what Lore always wanted, and it was everything that he couldn't have or didn't have. And when you give all of these things to him, they're they're trophies. I mean, he he doesn't have he had you know he claimed to have the sort of to be more in touch with humanity than data 
but he never accumulated the experiences that data had he never made friends and had a pet and you know explored literature in 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 a, in a way that data did and I, you know it, it in a lot of ways it's it's kind of sweet too because i think data probably actually did want to give his brother these things while still understanding that you know neither one of them could necessarily survive in the same shell it had to be one the other or an amalgamation of both which is what we wind up getting but yeah just the just the end where where they're hugging it's like goodbye brother you know it's like there's there's actually a lot of you know seemingly a lot of feeling there and i think that that's that final step for data to truly kick in to the humanity that he's always seeked throughout the whole whole series yeah i was gonna say he's like my memories are the things that make me and you took them as trophies and now you have become me we are now one and i was waiting for him to say we are now data lore i was like oh is he gonna say it is he gonna say data lore he's like no you are now me yeah yeah right and then like uh, i i want to talk about this because this this is important and i know chase is like i know there are probably some people that i'm talking to right now that have some issues (laughs) like like data died right and david says this all the time like you kill the character be live with your decision live with your choice data died 20 years ago data died three years ago right it was a beautiful moment it was probably the best moment of season one maybe the best moment of all of star trek picard these three seasons that we've had right where data says i want to be human and i know that the only way i can is if i die because things only have meaning because we know they can't last and picard grants him that one last thing and it was a beautiful touching moment right because the whole season was about the legacy of data and what he had left behind and it was a great way to wrap it all up but you and and i think some people thought oh it was it was making up for the way data died in nemesis because some people didn't like that so now we're giving him a better fitting end but like now we're bringing data back and i know it's not the same data and we we even say this and like i'm glad they mentioned this picard comes out and says a few years ago you asked me to let you die to let you go by bringing you back or, or am i going back on what I did there am I taking that away from you and this new thing that is not data right it's it's data it's Laura's before it's all and Sung says no right I know that data is gone and he's happy with his decision and everything I'm something new here but at the same time and I get and I love that I think that's a beautiful thing but at the same time yeah like too many songs, too many datas, right? Like, be happy with your. I know the whole this whole season was about getting the band back together, and we've got them all back together here in this episode, right? But like, you made a decision to kill Data twenty years ago. You made a decision to kill Data again three years ago. Be happy with your decision. Like, stick to it. 
know. Yeah. Well, I, I thought I thought the moment uh, when Picard does have that at the time final conversation with Data in that construct, I, th- I thought that was that was great. I thought the whole thing in that was was very touching. And and as I and like Eric pointed out, I mean I've said it before. Sometimes you have to let go, and and that's the hard that that really I think is the hardest thing about humanity though. It, it's it's very hard, and this cycles back into the story of Riker and Deanna in here. It's hard to let go. It's hard to start back up living knowing that you have lost everything. But you only have a couple of choices here. You either continue or you don't. But, you know, I did really like this whole stuff with Data, Lore, you know, maybe in the background before and Alton are like, go, Data, go. You know, they're holding up signs for him. It got some pom-poms. Go, Data, go. But it, it, it we already said goodbye. <laughs> we said goodbye. How many times do we have to say it? Yeah, but then this new, this new data lore, data lore. I'm gonna call him data lore. I'm just gonna do it because it's not date. I'm gonna call him data lore. He comes back like snippy. He's <laughs> like, "This is your pissed off positronic security system. I'm here to kick butt and take names." Attention, monologuing protoplasm. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> Unwanted guests. <laughs> he was like, thanks. Snippy. I'm announcing an immediate shift change. <laughs> I'm here to he kick to butt and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I'm all out of bu- bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where we get the the montage of, of not montage, but the Rafi, like, <laughs> Doing her, her blade fighting, killing changelings. Right. That I'm still not right. sure you can stab changelings, but yep. they do. And then Worf comes and shoots him with a phaser and disintegrates yep. him, even though he's a pacifist. Yeah. But he's okay. And I think there's a scene we skipped that we probably have to go back to with with Worf and the people on the other on the strike. We can. You want to go ahead and do sure, that right let's now? Go back to that, right? Okay. So anyway, Worf. I thought you were going to go Jailbreak, there. right? Oh, hey, yeah. look. This is what the Changeling stole from Daystrom. But it's not the real Picard. It's his old body. But they don't really want... And so, like, I don't know if we ever came to a, a, a decision or a conclusion or anything. And agreed, like, I don't know. Of what the Changelings wanted with Picard's body. I don't know if we ever came to that. I don't think we did. I mean, I, I saw, I read a lot of things online that they were after, like Borg nanoprobes that might still be there or something like that. But it turns out they're after, like, part of his frontal lobe. Yeah. That that some has something to do with aromatic syndrome, which may not have been what he was diagnosed with. We learned that in, like, last episode of the one before that. But it's like, okay, I still want to know why, right? That's the, mm-hmm. I guess that's the the one piece of information that's still really outstanding in this whole plot is like why do they want Picard and okay so they want part of his brain but why so that everyone can have red eyes and 
Work out. Yeah, Oregon. Working out. Everybody is working for the weekend. No. <clears throat> yeah. So we have Data Lore who's doing the thing. And um, that thermal detonator, by the way, guys, it's not a thermal detonator. <laughs> it, it's not. It's a portable shield. It's, it's totally a portable shield. And, um, I guess it's good that we have windows that retract. I did not um, know the time. view screen was yeah. a retractable window. <laughs> there was, look, there was a lot of, um, like there have been a lot of, um, uh, conversations, um, around the fandom about why we're using windows on starships instead of like just the view screens like we've been having. And, um, I guess this is part of the reason why we do. I, I, I mean, I don't personally hate it. You know, so, so, sometimes when the bridge is, you know, there's nobody on the bridge and I can let my mullet down. Sometimes I like to crack the <laughs> crack the sunroof open and let my hair ride in the breeze with my personal shield and just <laughs> let the wind scour the entire bridge, you know. It's not really no, wind. This is, the, this is like, I think, the thing that I have a little question about is that (laughs) so we've we've opened up the window right we've sucked out like Vatic and anyone else that we didn't want you know out there and Vatic freezes and then it's like just tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and shatters into bajillion pieces um, from her own ship okay so there's still force like it's still like a vacuum so there's like still something that's like causing stuff at like vatic and whatnot to be pulled out is it just the device that's creating like a like a type of like artificial gravity also like a locking mechanism to keep jack from not flying out am i asking too no many you're questions? not it, it it's probably anchored itself to the ground Right, but but the thing okay. that's causing it to rush out is the pressure inside of the air, right? And now there's no pressure outside. Look, I'm I'm a counselor. Okay, not a well that I'm okay. telling you that's what's caused. There's no pressure outside in the <laughs> okay. vacuum. There's air pressure inside. So as soon as that opens, the air pressure. That's what makes. The pull. But I have an issue. We can't stab changelings. I don't think we can stab changelings, right? I, but okay, Still st- we can stab go. them now. Changelings don't breathe, right? They don't breathe. They don't have, I mean, these things have lungs because they can alter into them. But like, we have seen changelings exist in the vacuum, right? There was loss, right, from the episode um, Chimera in season seven of Deep Space Nine. He existed. He looked like he was a spaceship, right? I feel like changelings don't breathe. So spacing a changeling, I don't think should kill it. I, I don't think it should. I mean, because we've literally seen changelings exist in a vacuum. I know that these are these they've evolved, but this seems like devolution, not evolution. I, I, I'm just saying, I don't think this I, changelings don't breathe. The reason why people die in the vacuum, right? Yes, it's cold, right? It's absolute zero. It's <laughs> absolute zero, minus 273.15 degrees Celsius. That's cold. But um, 
Did you have to look that up or did you know that? Of course I knew that. Oh, you sick, you sick man. <laughs> Every person who has taken like the level of physics I have knows that off the top of their head. <laughs> I have not okay, obviously. It's, it's negative two hundred and seventy three point one five degrees Celsius. That's absolute zero. Just add add two hundred and seventy three point one five. Right? That's how you get from Kelvin to Celsius. Anyway, anyway, yes, it's cold, but that when that vacuum gets into your lungs, right, it will expand your lungs and it will crack them from the inside because the air freezes. But these changelings don't breathe. They don't have, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think spacing a changeling should kill it. Well, and that's, that's why, cool. that's why you just, just run into your own ship and shatter into a million pieces, Eric. Yeah, but but she wouldn't free like I don't know, I don't know. I'm but, just thinking too much into that. I'm I'm not thinking because we've literally seen evidence of changelings existing in the vacuum. If the Borg, who have just regular skin, right, can survive in the vacuum without spacesuits, and the Borg have to breathe, right? If the Borg can do that, like we've seen the Borg exist in the vacuum, it doesn't kill them. Changelings being in the vacuum, sh that shouldn't kill them either. I want to humor. I want to humor this for just a hot second. So, a couple episodes ago, right? Like we know that Sydney kind of puked at the sight of seeing herself um, on an examination table. Is there an argument somewhere in here about the last shape that was taken on? By a changeling in this like changeling 2.0 or whatever kind of rule book that it somehow takes on its flaws as well then why doesn't she just change as change. she's getting sucked out into yeah. space why doesn't she just changeling back into her goop how do we know that like Changeling goop doesn't have like a freezing point or something. Because we've seen changeling goop exist in the vacuum. Well, but is this? It, but is this even the same? You know, changeling goop though. I mean, are the rest of them existing like the sort of metallic copper puddle? And these, because of their manipulation and so Project forth, Proteus. had turned them into a, like a fleshy blob. I don't know. I'm just trying to stretch there a little bit. Eric doesn't I, like this. That's okay. Whatever. Anyway, she, she cracks, and then Seven of Nine says, "Get that ship out of my sight." Yeah. And it blows up. Boom! No more Shrike. Get off my bridge. <laughs> Get off my bridge. <laughs> Get off my plane. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. And then and what do we uh, have? We have the pistol resistance of this episode. I know what this Ble is. Bleeping solids? Is, is that your piece to resistance? Just what? bleeping solids, you know? Get your one F word out. That's yeah. what Vatic said. Oh, about to okay. Talk. Yeah, effing solids. I guess know. I didn't catch that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah, everyone, everyone has made it back to the Titan. Everyone. And, um... 
On our way to um, a certain part of the Titan, we have Jordy and Data Lore that are cutting up. You know, apparently Data Lore can use contractions now. No, he can't. He's getting snippy here. <laughs> apparently, I have humor and I can use contractions. <laughs> wow. And a very touching moment, like with, like the, like the friendship piece between Jordy and Data. Data or whatever. And the part that I knew yeah, forever remain constant yeah. is my gratitude for your friendship, right? I think mm -hmm. they they were in the finals of our best friend best of best friends, right? They were. Yeah. 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 Best of best friends. Alright, so we, we meander, we start getting back to the bridge. Sean company, they end up on the bridge, but then we have our old crew from the seventeen oh one D and E ends up in this random room and there's a table involved guys and they all what is this what is it Eric they sit down at the table and they talk and they're all back I know the table is like it's flipped right because normally when we were looking at it Picard was on like the other side but they're all in their same seats right where they normally were right and Riker's it's like, it's been a long time since we've all sat at a table like this. <laughs> yeah, intensely self-aware in this moment. And, you know, we got, the, we got the band back together. Got the band. But listen, as much as I enjoyed this scene and it just plays off nostalgia, right? And that's the whole point of this scene is just to make people feel good about we got the band back together. They're literally discussing the mission and what we need to do with the ship. And it bugs me, but the captain of the ship needs to be at this meeting. I, I know he's not too. part of the band, right? But he's like, he needs to be, he's like, he's like the band manager. He needs to be in the band meeting so we can know <laughs> what's going on. Like, like a couple weeks ago, he was at, like, the end of the table. Like, the little guy in the back, like, excuse me, is it okay if I say something here? <laughs> and now he's not even invited. Yeah. It just, it's a little strange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and what we all realize at the very end is we need to figure out what the heck's going on with Jack. We need to go to the source. And uh, Deanna's like, I'll do it. I'm all over this, like, squawk on chicken. Here we go. You know, I, I get I mean, what David said earlier. I like I get that they wanted to end this episode on a cliffhanger. But, you know, there was a big music thing, and the ship, like, was an exterior shot, and it looked like the episode was going to be over. And then we come back to the tape, sitting at the table scene, yep. and then we go to the counseling session. It's like, could you put those things in the next episode? Or at least start the next episode with the counseling scene. I get they want a cliffhanger, but like it did uh -huh. have a few false endings here. Yeah, yeah. And Troy says like there's a darkness with that boy, not in him, but around him, passing through him, and a voice inside him, ancient and weak, but a voice that isn't his own. What does that even mean? I just hope it's not like the same entity that was God at the center of the universe. Well, yeah. 
And was there, what, Eric, remind me, I'm, I'm sorry to all the listeners here, but remind me, wasn't there an entity um, that had taken over the body in, uh, what was that like? Was that Devil in the Fold with um, with uh, Jack Wolf the Ripper? Wolf in the Fold, yeah, Jack the Ripper. Wolf in the Fold, yeah. sorry. Regic. Um, what, do we think that there's anything like Regic in play with this? That'd be a deep cut. That feels more like a Mike McMahon lower decks thing. Hey, you should be proud of me that I even mentioned it, okay? <laughs> no, that was good. Um, Like, it's got to have something to do with changelings, right? I mean, I feel like with with um, Shattering Vatic that we were kind of done with the changeling they're thing They're the now, ultimate bad guy, though, in this season, right? Because they're the, going to attack Fount Frontier Day. Look, Vatic was not Habib Marwan, okay? We got, like, who's, what can be bigger than changelings? Think about it. I don't know the answer. I'm just saying, let's think about it. Does end with the Russians? (laughs) (laughs) Weren't they the guys pulling the strings all along? (laughs) (laughs) Somehow this podcast always comes back to 24. That's the genesis of it. That is the genesis of it. The Genesis Project mm-hmm. of it. The Red okay. Door. I don't know. But, like, I'm just thinking, like, with with the Changelings being gone, or, you know, like, well, with Vatic being gone, like, our Changelings 2.0, like, there has to be something else. Like, I would hope, I mean, I personally, I still want to see the conspiracy aliens. I just really do. But it's Let too it late. Go. It's not going it to happen. Go. But a guy can dream. Let it go. <sighs> you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want to see the change uh, in aliens? I, it's too late. It's not happening. It's too late to apologize, Eric. Too it's late. too late. I don't know. But, I mean, I am kind of thinking that it's going to be some kind of telepathic kind of entity. Um, some kind of non-corporeal something. Right? That That can do something. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. Like I said, I'm not a theory crafter, but even if I was, I would have no idea where they're. Go- I don't. I have no idea where they're going with this story. We got two episodes <laughs> left, and I'm really hoping it's not going to be exposition dump. Well, like, I well really episode we- eight has been the exposition dump episode, right? That in season one, that was when we figured out what you know why the attack, why the and the android attack was, what the you know who the the shot Vosh were. We found out all that in episode eight last season. We did like the Q. We got Q is dying and all that stuff. You know, and in season in episode eight didn't really happen. Episode eight here, right? I was like, that's why I said it's probably episode eight. We're getting the exposition dump. But like Vatic kept, and even Jack pointed out, Vatic, stop talking in circles. <laughs> Just tell me. <laughs> we'll see. But but see that's why I said towards the beginning, when I was talking about you know the whatever the head hand head thing it's called, yeah it's called the face is what it's called in the credits yeah I I like the head hand face thing it, it's just much more descriptive to me but but no I, I'm just saying it's like that line that again 
I, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong, but like my whole thing was it seemed to me like that was a thing apart from the changelings. And then ultimately that is because it's just using her changeling hand to communicate. It's not necessarily, I, I don't think it's necessarily like another part of her. It just has the power to manipulate her physiology to create this projection. You know what I mean? Again, could be totally wrong, but that's just the way I, I kind of took it. Eh. Yeah. So wait, hold on. I really hope I wasn't spacing out. Are you... Are you in some way suggesting that the hand thing that was on Vatic is similar, if not the same, to Red Eyes on Jack? Uh, I, I don't necessarily no, not not necessarily. I, I'm just thinking of like a larger entity that is con that was sort of controlling, so having communication with Vatic, but through a medium of using part of her changeling goop to formulate something to speak to her. And then I think when we're going through the door, that's sort of the way to go through Jack or some sort of communication with Jack. But like the eyeball thing with him, I think is just, that's just his weird, unique ability through this misdiagnosed aromatic syndrome or something like mm -hmm. that. Like almost like this is like another one of those unlock human 2.0 things you know the the next phase of human physiology in some way through you know whatever brain thing that both Jean-Luc Picard and now his son have and maybe even to an extent Jean-Luc's mother perhaps as well kind of like we talked yeah. about whatever two episodes ago or three episodes ago yeah yeah so I mean I have no no flipping idea I'm just sort of just trying to connect a couple of dots there. Okay. Well, all right. We have two episodes left, um, and hopefully it's a satisfying ending. Um, any final thoughts? You know, I mean, I mean we, we do a counseling session, and by the way, like at the very end, like, I know that we should, probably shouldn't rush this, but uh, we kind of need answers. So, like, let's get to, to healing pretty quick, basically, is really how it kind of ends. Um, so more on that next time. Any, but any final thoughts on the episode? Okay. All right, gents. So um, let's go into uh, Delta. So what are we thinking about the different divisions of Starfleet Service and how well they uh, showed up in this episode? Eric, what are you thinking? Um... Uh, you know, I think uh, I mean, we have a plan, right? And we, we made a decision on how we're going to retake the ship, right? Where you need to, you know, let data loose, or, you know, open the partition. And I guess you call that a command decision, right? Even if it doesn't go the right way. I've made a decision, this is what we're doing, and follow my orders, and, and they do it. So so there's that. I guess you could call that command. Um, 
letting Jack turn himself in, so to speak, creating the diversion. I guess that is is trust is is sort of command like trusting the people under you to to be able to get it done in so to speak so i guess there's command it's not as like out as like prominent as it could be but i guess you could call it that um if you want to call it science engineering um you know what's going on inside data's body or his mind uh data lore's mind uh I guess you could call that science because we're letting it happen and it was science that built him. I guess you could call that. Um, I'm trying, I'm reaching for things here. So somebody help me out. (laughs) David, what do you think? (sighs) Oh boy. (laughs) Well, I I mean, one thing that I I think I'd point out a bit for command was was a small conversation that Shaw or a couple of points that Shaw had with with seven where you know she's attempting to jump in and save the day and he's like there's nothing you can do <clears throat> and and I think that that's that's sort of like a, a lesson that well our captain from discovery never quite learned uh in totality of you know there there are situations where you can't save everyone you know and that that's it's a very poignant thing so i think i think there's there's even in a in a moment of complete crisis i think shaw is still trying to like give maybe misguidedly uh but try try and give seven some sort of teachable lesson here but <clears throat> I mean, Eric's right. There, there was sort of a, sort of a plan, but it, it, it's it's kind of very fly by the seat of of our pants. You know, we conveniently do have you know data lore or blorb or delorb. We'll, we'll, we'll put the D at the front, delorb, just to try and get as many many little pieces of the name as possible, um, and. Breaking down the wall, I, I mean that that seems like such a simple thing for Jordy to do, but I, I mean once you get him back, he is able to get into the computer and restore systems and and kind of, I mean that's engaging in some operational uh, prowess there, I suppose. You know, uh, getting the computer back. I mean, how many times have we had to do that? Um, but like the, the science side of things, like Eric had pointed out, you know, part of the weird issue with this is like stabbing changelings and, you know, changelings in space. And maybe we're kind of tipping the boundaries of, of science a little bit too much to where we're not actually adequately doing things in a realistic scenario maybe more so to just get this out of the way type of deal more for convenience sake i i suppose but as far as deltas i i i'm not i'm not 100 sure that this is as much here i i i mean although i guess even with sort of the the conversation with like 
will indiana you know you could kind of go into some of the like the psychological science where they're they're sort of mending in their way but i i, I don't know it's it's kind of it's kind of so bitten pieced in that that I, I i don't really have much in the way of deltas to honestly give so okay so, for me, um, I got to highlight uh, two, um, at least two areas, two, two separate scenes with Deanna. Um, that's in the prison cell when they're talking about grief on the Shrike, and there at the end in the observation lounge going into, um, you know, the end session or whatever. We're getting, we're getting some decent conversations about grief and pro and like the art of like processing grief and thinking about grief. Um, and you know, even, um, like different theoretical, models of how we engage with grief or it's it's kind of present in the language um, that she's using with Riker so there's that for me like I, I picked up on that second thing is very end um, she's using very much um, a person-centered approach to engaging in, in her her counseling with Jack um, and what she's about to engage in is uh, what what I'm chalking up to be like some guided imagery type stuff, like stuff that you would probably experience more with like um, a gestalt uh, or just like existential kind of work in general in counseling. So I gotta I gotta give her props and uh, like when like whether we we like it or not like there is like that science stuff that's there in the form of counseling. Like I know like when we did the um, lower decks episode and like we were like, uh, we went to like the spa day episode and I highlighted the counseling there, like in trying to mitigate stress, like we're like counseling is part of the science division. So I have to give, I have to give that, that Delta uh, for this episode. Um, the operations, I think, could be more of a stretch, um, but I'd be more willing to give that perhaps maybe more than command, personally. Uh, just kind of what we see, like, with the process of understanding from, like, an engineering and programming standpoint of, like, the integration of information that is data and lore. So I'm, I'm willing, but slightly apprehensive to give the operations Delta, but I'm very comfortable giving a science. So <clears throat> with that, uh, let's roll right into our, um, our numerical rating. So scale of one to 10, one being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. Uh, David, how would you rate this episode? Okay. little bit harder for me to put put a number two 
I'm going to be honest. I think. I mean, like 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 I said for for like the last episode, it is good <clears throat> to sometimes see the the bad guy get ahead a bit, but we always kind of know that the good guy is supposed to prevail in in most storytelling. And this is the episode where our bad guy, at least our primary that we've seen the most of, gets their gets their payback. Um. <clears throat> But we do kind of stretch things a little bit. As Eric had pointed out, you know, a lot the stabbing changelings and the vacuum of space and all this stuff. So I, I'm not I'm not so sure that, that that all didn't ring a little bit odd for me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still not overly interested in the warging thing personally um <clears throat> although you know if we frame it in the the confines of like this being some new human frontier i think that that can fit into a lot of our centralized themes but what will really irritate me is that if we don't like properly explain it um <clears throat> and and I, I i i imagine we will so i don't want to go too too far in there but the really the my favorite part of this whole episode was was the data and lore kind of conversation in this this whole i don't know deal where they're they're in the same space fighting for one for one body and in the end they become more uh, a patchwork of each other which is 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 interesting is interesting to me despite the fact that i was perfectly fine with you know data just dying previously um so that that was probably for me one of the one of the better parts i mean obviously like data and jordy uh having their conversation in the hallway uh, everybody nostalgia baiting and sitting down at a table and so forth like that, that that's all that's all very good and 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 fine but <clears throat> as as we've seemingly done so many times in a lot of these sort of more to more modern star trek shows uh we're we're waiting towards like the very end of the end to actually give us what is going on and and sometimes i can only take so much of that um but I will say that, like, this is probably the most enjoyable it's been out of the series that have done that sort of storytelling. This is probably the most en enjoyment I've had out of it because everything just seems a lot more connected. And, and like, I, I care about a lot of these other crew members that we're, we're not really supposed to know much about, but we just kind of get little pieces and parts of them. So you kind of feel... A little bit a part of of this this titan crew sort of as you cruise through the episodes um but but again then you get little omissions like when we do have our sit down we're not including shaw we're not including seven and that sort of seems a bit off to me just in the scope of like you know in quotations realism so i 
funny enough, I didn't, I, I think I enjoyed watching last week's episode more than I liked watching this week's episode. Um, yeah, I, I, man, I'm not sure. I think I think it was uh, an eight point two for last week. Is that is that correct, Chase? I have that right. Okay. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I am going to give this. Jeez, I'm just going to give it an eight point one and and pass pass the ball. <laughs> All right. Eric, what are you thinking, bud? Yeah, I think last week the two of you both called it that a setup episode, right? It was it was you know, like it was a good setup episode, and I don't necessarily want to call this episode a setup episode because we did get some sort of resolution, right, with the data and the lore, and and we Vatic is no sure. more, so there is some sort of resolution. But I remember a couple episodes; they're like. We don't have we don't have any idea what's going on, so let's go back to the beginning. And they went to Daystrom, okay. And we found out a little bit more, but right there at the end, when they're sitting at the table, they're like, "We still don't have any information." And it's like, so we've gone through all this, and we don't know, we really don't know anything. And we got two episodes left, and what do we know? And and David pointed that out as well. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of frustrating. Like, come out and tell us tell us something before now um so it's not quite a setup episode but in a sense it does almost feel like it because we still don't know anything um i feel like last episode and this episode probably you could have made it one episode i don't know because it felt like and maybe that's just the serialized nature but it just it it didn't feel like there was enough story from the last two episodes to really be two episodes in my opinion um i felt like you could have done something with that but at the same time i thought there were some great moments like will and deanna having their their heart to heart there while they while they thought it was the end um you know the data and lore having their decision and then data and jordy data lore and jordy and then sitting around the table, which all just plays for nostalgia. So there were good moments. But I think I did enjoy last week's episode more than I enjoyed this week's episode. Um, and, and I guess I'm right there. I'm going to go and give it just an eight and pass the ball as well. Man, okay. So Eric gave it an eight. David gave an 8.1. Okay, let's just end this episode then with a 10. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Just do that. Just Lucy, give it a 10. you got some explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I enjoyed the mess out of this episode. Um... Um, I just I just enjoyed it, and I don't know if if I enjoyed this more than last week because I was actually home um, to watch it um, and not in a hotel room uh, while I was traveling. But um, <clears throat> no, I thought this was a pretty decent episode in the grand scheme of things, and um, um, 
don't know, there, to me, there were, there were um, a fair amount of, of satisfying things to it. Um, you know, especially like with the data thing. Uh, I think there's enough, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just being too generous, but I just, I think that the data lore thing, data 3.0, whatever, uh, just, it makes sense to me. Um, and, and it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like data, data's death has been cheapened. Um, that was one thing that I was concerned about, to be honest with you guys, when it came to, you know, we're, we're busting this, this Android out of the station and we're going to go do things with it. Basically. Um, I was concerned about that, but I, the way that things were, were handled, you know, in the hub, I thought was, I personally thought it was respectful to Data's character and his history, as well as lore, and even B4, even though we didn't really get anything with B4, except for like that little throwaway line whenever, you know, he's showing off his astromech eyes um, there at the end of um, the bounty. So, um, I really liked the the whole gang being back together. I did enjoy the moments with Deanna and her actually acting like a counselor. Uh, I think we, I've said with um, probably both of you by this point that Guinan was way better of a counselor than Deanna ever was. Um, so with that, um, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the eight range with you guys, um, but mine's going to be higher than, than what you guys are, are throwing out there. And I feel pretty comfortable with like, a I don't know, like a eight, seven. I just enjoyed this episode. Uh, I know that's kind of high, but um, I think that there's there's good stuff here, and I guess I just have a soft spot for data, uh, which is probably why I'm giving it as high of a rating as I am. Um, plus, like the the wharf thing in like Rikers, like is this torture or is this a rescue mission? Like that was. Just some funny lines along the way, too. So, <clears throat> anyway, looking at our overall rating, um, our average rating for this episode is an 8.26, or just rounded up to an 8.3 uh, for this episode. Has anyone looked at IMDb for, um, like, what this, this episode is doing? Yeah. Oh, it's tracking so when I wa- When I looked earlier in the day, it was pretty high. Um, let's, it's uh, 8.8 with... 393 ratings. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I know that we've been we've been going a little while uh, with um, talking about this episode, so I want to um, <clears throat> you know try and you know pull into space dock here pretty soon. Um, but uh, with that, Eric, guess what? What? We has a Twitter. Twitter poll. Poll. All right, everyone. So I ask, um, I ask very, very important questions, as you all know, uh, when it comes to the Twitter. And um, I ask this question, just like knowing where we're at, you know, 
in, in the season. Um, I asked this pointed question, and here it is. Will the Jack Crusher revelation on, J- on Star Trek Picard be better, worse, or the same as the burn in Star Trek Discovery? Oh, hard eye roll from David. Here we go. <laughs> will the revelation of, you know, for Jack, will his revelation be better, worse, or the same as the burn? Hey, we got the revelation. It wasn't episode eight, but it was with two episodes after it, right? Was when we got the revelation that Sukal caused the burn. Mm-hmm. Like, I still don't like the idea that because a child had a bad day, the galaxy had to should be destroyed like yeah <laughs> you know it's it like i understand thematically what they were going for there with like a moment of disconnection right can you know whatever mm-hmm. we're connected but we're disconnected i get it like and i michelle paradise gave the interview and i i fully understand what she what she was going for but i still don't like it <laughs> that's fine i don't like it's like so the galaxy had to take a hard left turn because the child got sad. I think we were all wrong. No one thought that was going to be the cause of the burn, right? No one. No. No one. I have a feeling whatever idea I have right now is probably going to be wrong as well because I don't even have an idea. At least I had an idea of what might have caused the burn. <laughs> they were all wrong, but I had an idea. The fact that I can't yeah. even think of an idea makes me think it's going to be better just based on that. Because I feel okay. like they're going to be able so. to pull something. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Okay. Didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's got to be better. Okay. All right. What do you think, man? You I think? mean, yeah, I, I would have to assume it's it, it would be better better just by the scope of I hated that storyline. <laughs> I mean, it was that was dumb. I mean it would have just been like so much I mean we've talked about this to death but like seriously like just throwing the omega particle like that would have like connected stuff, you know? Like that would have made sense like within the story. How can we o- overcome the omega particles? Whatever. Okay, two of the results everyone. <clears throat> So coming in in last place with thirteen point six percent of the vote, the same. I mean, it can't be the same. I mean, in terms of like, I don't know whatever. Oh, uh, coming in. No run. Somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I was gonna try to tie Jack Crusher to Sukal. <laughs> They're brothers, out of time. <laughs> what? When actually, Beverly and, and John Luke Jack were and, getting together, they were buy too much much dilithium crystals. <laughs> no, no, Sakal and Jack are both changelings that were around too much dilithium. There you go. Nailed it. Coming in eighteen point two percent worse, which means that the our winner with sixty nine point six percent of the vote, there's high hopes for it being better. Wow. I, so. I <laughs> me too. Me too, Commander, me too. I mean, it's it's just got to be better, right? It just has to be. Anyway, it's been it's been a, it's been an episode talking about this stuff with you you folks. So, um, as always, thank you so much for your time and uh, jibber jabbering with me about all things Trek. Appreciate it. 
Um, but all of you out there in Listerland, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Did we stick the landing with this? You know, did you like the episode? Um, any theories for how it's going to end here in these next two episodes um, as we put a bow on the Star Trek Picard series? Let us know. Uh, open up a hailing frequencies and entering coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also send us a voice-only transmission, 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit, so uh, watch out for Vatic and don't shatter into a bajillion pieces in space. Um, finally, if you do want to mail us something, make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so very much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so. <laughs>